The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. It's great to be with you, students. College time is a great time to plan for your life, isn't it? You come here to learn what you are going to do in your future or how you are going to find your job, fulfilling the calling that God has given you. Yet, as many of you know already in your life, things will not quite turn out as you planned, isn't it? Life is often filled with disappointment and difficulty, and yet many decisions that you are supposed to make, especially in your 20s, are so consequential. I tell this to everywhere I go, especially when I minister to young adults. In your 60s and 70s, you will have to plan, you will have to make decisions, such as where you are going to retire, what are you going to do in your spare time. In your 40s and 15s, you also plan, like how you are going to develop your career, continue to, how you are going to raise your kiddos. Um, yet in your 20s, that you are either just about to walk in or you walked in already, the decision and the plan that you are supposed to make and fulfill in your life are so consequential. Like, who are you going to marry? What field of work will you choose for your career? Those kinds of planning and decisions are so consequential, and yet we don't have enough wisdom to plan that often. So we turn to the Lord as we talk about today sovereignty of God in our planning in all that we do. One thing I want you to remember, student, is that as much as you think, oh, my life is panicking, it's not working out okay. If you love Jesus and want to do, follow how he's leading you, your life will be okay. So I know sometimes it's really easy to lose heart, but I want you to take heart. Because many plans fail, but the Lord is always there to guide you each step of the way. So this is what we are going to do today. First, we are going to talk about the importance of planning today, as you are doing as well. First, it's planning just a common sense. Yes, it's a common sense that you should plan, but is there any theological reason behind planning? We'll elaborate on that. And yet secondly, we will also talk about the humility that is required in our planning. So many times we think this is way out to be exactly but as Mark just read it for us, Israel, Book of Proverbs talks a whole lot about planning. But in that, it doesn't really exactly tell you step A, step B, step C. But it tells you much more about what kind of person you ought to be in your planning. And lastly, let's talk about the sovereignty of God in all our planning. So first, the reason for planning. When you think about one of the great success of modern engineering... I cannot imagine but to think what happened last year around Christmas time. If you're an engineering major, perhaps some of you might know what I'm talking about. After 25 years of planning, NASA launched James Webb Telescope. It was originally planned from 1996. You weren't even born back that time. And it was originally hoping to be launched by 2007. But after delay and delay in 2004, finally began to build and finally launched in 2021. 
And this was originally projected to be $500 million project turned into a whopping $10 billion. That's a lot of money, isn't it? And I was watching the documentary of how they launched this telescope. And it's a James Webb telescope. It has to be perfectly perfect, if I can say that. That they even built the most expensive shipping box it has ever known. Because where they built the rocket to the launch site, they had to transport. And the scientists said that they could not allow a speck of dust that is the same as with as human hair in that telescope. So they built a sh shipping box that is like self-cleaning, self-purifying every single particle of dust to the launch site, and it was finally successfully launched. Now, do you think you can just wing it? Well, let's build a rocket. Let's wing it. See what happens. It's just not, it's not going to work. It requires enormous amount of planning, more than you have lived. 25 years of planning and all that. So is planning then just simply common sense that, oh yeah, of course we should plan. I tended to be a planner too. Friend of mine once looked at my Google calendar as like, wow, Jin, you even plan for your spontaneous time. That's a problem. Because <laughs> I tend to write everything down on my Google calendar. So is, yeah, is it possible to plan spontaneous time? Apparently my friends say so. Uh, but Proverbs will have a lot to tell us. Like, for example, I'll be going all over the book of Proverbs because book of Proverbs, especially the second half, is ordered not necessarily chronologically, but it's very pretty random order by all over. So you kind of have to collect wisdom throughout. Like Proverbs 24.3 says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. It sounds like, Pretty straightforward common sense, right? You cannot just throw a bunch of bricks and expect house to be built. That's just not going to work like that. You have to think and plan. And yet, when you put your theological hat on, planning is far more than just common sense. Like when God created initially, in Genesis 1, 2, he says, the earth was formless and void. It meant that the earth was out of order. So our God master planner begins to bring order from what was out of order. So day one, he creates light. Uh, day two, he creates heaven and earth, and so on. And what did we do? In Genesis 3, humans fell before the Lord, fell into our sins, rebelling against God. And what does God do? He launched his rescue plan for mankind, for love. The Old Testament prophets foretells about this coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. We now look back 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ has come and crucified resurrected the Messiah. There we find hope. And he promised that he will come once again to complete his rescue mission for the mankind. God is the master planner who planned for us. And so when we plan and live our lives... It's not just common sense. We, a human, made in the image of God, imago Dei, we are becoming what God has commanded us to do. Because our God is master planner, so we plan. Do you really believe that there is no oops in God? He does not mistake, does not make any mistake. He plans and he carries out according to his goodness and sovereignty. And what's our attitude is supposed to be in our planning. If we are to resemble the character of God, 
in all that we do, as you think about your life, what kind of career you want to launch into, where you want to live. Some of you seniors, you're panicking already because you're supposed to get out of school in soon. If you're a December graduate, January graduate, if you're a May graduate, you think you have time. You don't, but you're panicking now. Many of you have plans. How are you supposed to carry out? If you think that planning is also theological, how are you supposed to conduct yourself? So let's go talk about first the need for humility in your planning. Proverbs 1, when you look at that, the verse 5, it says, Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. Notice here at the very beginning, kind of gatekeeper, the foundational chapter of all, is let the wise, I wish, I wish for it, the most repeated command in the book of Proverbs is to listen. And I wish it said, let the wise think. Let the wise work hard. But according to Proverbs, the wise are not necessarily the one who works the hardest, not necessarily the one who thinks the most. My church members know that I overthink a lot of stuff. So one church member gave me a gift after my preaching. Pastor Jen, I just got this gift for you. She gave me a little plaque that says, hold on, I need to overthink this. And I put that right in my office. But in Proverbs, the wise are not the one who overthinks, but the one who listens. What does listening require, student? It requires humility. When you think you've got everything together, you don't really listen. You only speak. You all know those people. Oh, man, I was so... He talks too much, whoever that person is. So in first and foremost in Proverbs, often tells you, you need the humility in all your planning and gather all the wisdom and advice. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. So when you plan and when you think before the Lord, I do pray that you gather, listen, you listen you listen to the word of God and the people of God whom God had you put you in your life because apart from the humility, your plan, you think you have it all together, but you just don't. I don't. Sometimes so we ask because it says discerning get guidance. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. But oftentimes, even though when you seek counsel and guidance, Oftentimes, you are not necessarily seeking guidance, but validation, right? You say, oh, I want to listen. Tell me what I should hear. As soon as they tell you something that you disagree, you're like, hey, they just don't know better. I have my master plan have all put together. But what does Proverbs 12, 15 says? The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Will you humble yourself and submit yourself to the counsel of God and the wise people God has put you? You need the community to walk along the life. And I am convinced, students, to the degree that you have obsessed about your plan, oftentimes you are so blinded. What I mean by that, watch, watch obsession you have. God, I must get out of Karen. I'll be the first millionaire among my classmates. You don't quite say it that way, but deep down, you think, I can make the most money. I know what I'm doing. Before I get out, I must get married. Before I do, I need to figure everything about my life. What are those things in your heart that you absolutely obsess in your heart? To the degree that you obsess over those things, 
you don't seek for guidance, but you only seek for validation. And there's no humility in that. True wise person learn to humble themselves and listen to the counsel of God. So one of the questions that I get so much often, especially young adults from you guys age, is that, hey, uh, Jen, what am I supposed to do? What kind of career should I choose? What kind of job should I take or not? Who should I marry? We tend to so obsess about a secret plan of God than the revealed plan of God. Yes, secret plan of God, you should work at it. You should seek for it. That's an okay thing to do. However, as much as you obsess over it, sometimes you forget that those hidden, you want to call it secret or hidden something that needs to be discovered, will of God, plan of God, are as much as discovered than made. We are so obsessing. I must plan everything in my life. I must carry out my will, and Lord must have to bless it. Oh, you tell me otherwise? Forget that. I'm going to go about my ways. What is that for you? What is the one thing you feel like, God, I must have that together? This has to come true. Whatever that is in your heart today, Humility, that's the hardest thing. Listening, that's the hardest thing. Because to you, you are just seek to confront those who disagree with you, and you're only seeking for validation in that. Now then, St. Augustine is probably the one of the most theologians, the fourth century African theologian. Um, in his exposition of 1 John 4, St. Augustine is known to have said, hey, love God and do whatever you will. And he did say that, but it's so much more than that because love God and do whatever you will, whatever you want. Sounds like, I love God, God, let me do whatever I want. Let me read what Augustine really said so then you can think about it. That love is continual abounding in him. Augustine said, love and do what you will. Whether you hold your peace, through love hold your peace. Whether you cry out, through love cry out. Let the root of love be within of this root can nothing spring but what is good. What Augustine is telling you, submit yourself to the whole counsel of God. Love him wholeheartedly. Humble yourself before him. When you truly do that, when God is not just check off list for you, what it springs out of your heart when you continue to abide in him as you discover your life you know, you deep down trust that God will carry you each step of the way. And you don't have to worry about missing the will of God in your life when we do that. Sometimes you are so worried about, oh God, I don't know what to do. What's others going to think about me? I don't know what my career is going to be. I don't know. My life is going to fail. I don't know what reputation is going to be. Oh, well, here's, here's the secret truth. People are too busy to think about you. <laughs> we often think, oh, they all think about me. I must be the best among them because everyone's thinking about me. No, they're busy thinking about themselves. <laughs> Love God, continue to forget too much about your reputation, your fame, your glory, your money. And as you abide in God, humble yourselves in him. What comes out of your heart, you want to please him. So it will be a good and plan that God wants in your life. So first, we learn that, yes, planning is a common sense, but it's also theological reasoning that our God is the master planner who planned for this earth, 
and that he's the one that has the master rescue plan for the mankind. So when we plan, it's we are resembling God, Imago Dei. And the first step of planning, when you look at the book of Proverbs, it talks about what kind of person you ought to be so much more than the step A, step B, step C. It doesn't necessarily give you exact instruction manual about how to build a house, but it does tell you what kind of person you shall be. Now, third then, you may, if you're a logical thinker, you might say, well, Jen, thank you for saying that, but that means that, okay, I, I see that I should have planned for my life. God commands me to do so. And I shouldn't obsess about my plan, but as long as I love God, as long as I humble myself before Him, as long as I live in community, then whatever I plan, God will bless, right? Well, not necessarily. I wish I can tell you that, but no. You subconsciously know it already because you planned many things. God, I love you. But why all I feel is rejection? Why all I feel is disappointment? Let's talk about, lastly, the sovereignty of God in our planning. We read Proverbs 16, and when you read that, it says, verse 1, Humans belong to the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer. Verse 9, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord established their steps. It sounds like, Jin, you just told us that you should plan and do all that, but it sounds like, but it sounds like God's going to do whatever He wants. Is that right? Well, actually, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. Well, actually, that doesn't really mean that. But that's really what it means, like 2131. The horse is made ready for the day of the battle. You can plan all you want, but the victory truly rests in the Lord. Because in 27.1, it says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day bring forth. So now then, we must ask, if our sovereign God carries out his good will in our lives, then Jin, you just contradicted yourself the whole time. Why bother to plan? Isn't it? Well, let's take a look at it. Here, here's a million-dollar word. I want to give it to you, this Latin phrase called conquer stay. Conquer stay, it means the divine concurrence. It's, it means the agreement or union in action, the fact that two or more events can happening and existing at the same time. In an essence, concurrence says that the two or more parties can act in the same event and produce a given outcome without all parties having the same intent. You can intend all you want, and you should plan, yet God is the master sovereign plan for your life, and he will use all your plans, all your success, all your failure, all your joys, and all your sorrows to still bring about his best sovereign plan for you. If you take one step further about this divine concurrence, that he also explains how sometimes God can even permit evil in this world, right? He is God, so he has holy intent in all that he does. God is not the author of evil, but sometimes he can even use evil for our good. What is the greatest example we can think about? We just sang about it. The cross of Jesus Christ. Are humans responsible for their evil act to crucify perfect, innocent, sinless God and man, Jesus Christ? Absolutely. But did God use what was absolutely evil to bring about our best? Absolutely too. Do you really believe that? Uh, that you plan all we can, yet God's continue to bring about his best plan for you and it's going to be a good plan. I mean, I can think about my life too. 
as Mark introduced me, I was born and raised in South Korea as a PK. My dad pastored a small-town country church. My dad loves reading a newspaper. So one day he's reading a newspaper. Oh, Jin, I was freshman in high school, I think. Oh, here's the exchange student program to America. You want to try it out? I was like, why not? I went, I tested, I failed. Well, that was short-lived. Didn't work out. <laughs> but my dad still loved reading newspaper. Following you, he reads the newspaper again and says, Hey, Jin, there's a test again. You want to go try it out? Well, we'll see. Okay. I went. I barely passed. Barely, barely. And then the host family who happened to pick me as an exchange student happened to live in Colorado. So I ended up in Colorado. I was taking ESL class. In that ESL class, this lady happened to tell me about a college in Florida. So I went. In college, I happened to meet a professor who happened to went to seminary in Dallas. So I went to go there. And then I just needed to study a little further, so I ended up enrolling to Westminster down the road there to study my doctorate. And all that, during that time, I heard about the church in Princeton, so I went there. And then I heard about Shelton, I came. In all that time, college, do you think I wanted to be a pastor? No way. <laughs> Sorry, if you thought of me as a holy, no. One thing I always said, God call me anything but a pastor. So I studied the music, I played a bunch of instruments, I was a worship leader and all that. One thing, God, I'll never do. I love you. I even went to seminary saying, no, but not a pastor. <laughs> so did God use all my plan? No, not at all. But did God orchestrate every single step of the way to bring me where I am today? Absolutely. And I am here speaking to you. Guess what, Karen? My dad loved the newspaper for you. If my dad didn't read the newspaper, I wouldn't even be here. Could, I, could my dad plan that gin? I'm reading newspapers so that one day you can speak to Karen students. <laughs> no way. My dad didn't know. I didn't know. All my plans that I carried before God so many times was failure. It went terrible with a great heartache. But God used all my plans nonetheless to bring about what sovereign will is in his life. Same to you. When you just think it's all up to you today, students, you will not be able to sleep tonight. How would you be able to sleep if you, human responsibility is all there is about? Man, I must stay up till all night to ace my exam or I must write billion love letters or just say something. <laughs> but if you only think, oh yeah, I don't need to plan it. It's all up to God. God's going to do whatever and I don't need to do anything. Why do you even study? Why do you even come to school to learn if that's the case then? When you properly hold the sovereignty of God and your responsibility together, it will give you the tranquility of your soul. Don't you want the deep rest of your heart? Isn't your heart restless today? You're like, oh God, I'm running like chicken head cut off. I have to do this. I do that. <laughs> We're always panicking. One comments, our peace is forfeited. Yes, you're responsible. You trust that God is continued to going to bring about his good will in your life. The battle is ready, but the victory belongs to the Lord. You can rest in there. Prepare all the horse. Prepare your life. Study as hard as you can. Love the Lord and see how he takes you step by step. So what's our call then today? I want to leave you with this, students. What does 16.3 and 9 said? Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your step. This commit, oh man, this is a very interesting word, students. Because it's like Augustine said, love God and do whatever you want. Commit, 
to the Lord, whatever you do, He will establish your plan. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you desires of your heart. We treat that as if it's a to-do list. Love God. Okay, let me do whatever I want. Checked. I committed myself, Lord, where's my wife? Where's my husband? I committed myself to you. Where's my million dollars? I committed myself. Why do I get rejected in my job? I delighted myself in you, God. So now where's my job today, oh Lord? We treat that as if it's one-time action and moving on from that. But when they commit, it literally means kind of roll over. Give it over to God. Surrender all your desires and whatever plans that you have. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Give it to God. Oftentimes, C.S. Lewis talks about this in his book, Abolition of Man. In the ancient days, the, their goal of humanity was to conform ourselves to the objective reality God has created. But in modernity, we think whatever is within us ought to be the objective reality. So we try to say, basically, we are saying, rather than saying, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in my life, we say, God, I committed myself to you, therefore, let my kingdom come, let my will be done. That's not committing yourself to God. That's you just insisting your will upon God. Yes, it is okay to lay your plans before the Lord, but Jesus Christ himself at the Garden of Gethsemane said, Father, but not my will, but your will be done. Student, I want to let you know, there are times that you feel like life is falling apart. But what if God is orchestrating all things to fall into places for your life? To you, it might feel like it's discouraging. Rejection hurts, doesn't it? Disappointment, ah. Oh. You feel that daily discouragement, sometimes despair. But even through it all, your success and failure, God is orchestrating his goodwill. Do you know what's the greatest news? You cannot possibly mock up God's plan for your life. Uh, there's no plan B in God for your life. God will always carry a plan A in your life. Think about it. Do you know who Jacob is? I don't mean any of you who named Jacob. <laughs> Jacob in the Bible. He was like deceiver. My goodness, he deceived his father. He deceived his brother. But then he got owned by professional deceiver Laban. Uncle Laban deceived Jacob. He ran away all his life. Man, but even this con artist could not mock up God's plan for his life. Through Jacob's line, Jesus comes the Savior of the world. If Jacob could not mock up God's plan for your life, you won't mock up God's plan. You will not miss the will of God, plan of God. Yes, students, plan, dream, desire. Those are all good things. Our God is the master planner who created with his master plan. He who rescues us with the rescue plan. It's a theological thing. At the same time, be open-minded, be humble about it in your planning. Be the person that God wants you to be. Love him, abide in him in all that you do. Surrender yourself, commit your desire, commit all your plan. Roll over your heart and plan and desire to him and see how he leads you each step of the way. And know that God will use all your plan. Yet at the end of the day, he's going to bring about plan A that you have, could not even have dreamt, and it's going to be a good journey. I am not saying it will be marked with all the success, all the richness. Your life may well be filled with the suffering. 
may well be filled with disappointment, but that does not mean that you're walking through plan B of God. God has willed your life. No bird will fall from the air according, apart from his sovereign plan. I'll end with this today. About your age, Jonathan Edwards wrote his first sermon at the age of 18 or 19, I believe. It's called Christian Happiness. Um, in that he does exposition, and if my, one of the pastors summarized Jonathan Edwards' three-point, I'll summarize that for you. He talks about basically bad things will turn out for good. If you trust God, just like Romans says, all things work together for good, bad things, even God will use that just like cross of Jesus Christ. It was a bad thing to bring about the best. Bad things will turn out for good. Good things cannot be taken away. Your future is secure in the hand of God. You can rest now. Bad things will turn out for good. Good things cannot be taken away. And best things are yet to come. Our Lord will come back one day, wipe all tears from your eyes. There will be no more death, mourning, sorrow, or pain, for the former things will be passed away. You will be okay. Live your life unto the Lord. Plan, surrender, and may the Lord truly bless you and keep you each step of your way. Let's pray together. Oh God, there may be many planners in this room. There are many desires, many dreams. God, I do pray that you bless that. But, oh, Lord, I also pray that you humble all of us, lay our desires and plans in your throne, knowing that you know far better than we do. God, thank you that even in our fragile plan, you take that and use that to bring about your plan in our lives. So today, God, I especially lift up those who are restless, those who are weary, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. Each year brings its own challenge, figuring out major, what to do after college, adjusting to college life. In all their plans and desire, O Lord, help them to lay them down at your feet. And O Lord, I pray that they will trust you and we continue to trust that you will do your goodwill in our lives. God, we believe. Help our unbelief. God, we rest in you. Uh, watch over us when we are restless. Bring our hearts home to you today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. <laughs>